The popular Coromandel Cathedral Cove walkway remains closed following the extreme weather events at the start of this year. The Department of Conservation says the risk of ongoing landslips and rockfalls is too high to allow visitors. But with summer around the corner and no sign of a reopening time frame, locals are worried about the impact on businesses and the community. Ray Van Bainen from the Mercury Bay Business Association says Doc is overstating the risks and locals and visitors are missing out. We'll hear from Doc in a moment, but first, Ray, good morning to you. Good morning, and thank you for the opportunity to speak with you. Obviously a big draw card in the region. How big an impact is the closure of the Cathedral Cove walkway? Well, it is a huge draw card. It's an iconic uh, and one of the most popular tourist destinations in New Zealand. Upwards of 300,000 people a year pre-COVID were visiting the cove. Uh, the economic impact on the whole of the peninsula has been massive. Uh, we would estimate in the tens of millions of dollars uh, credit card receipts tell us that we are the worst performing, down some 20%, even worse than Tarafati and Hawke's Bay, which were far harder hit by the cyclone and its after effects. What is access like to even get there, by the way, given road conditions throughout Coromandel after the cyclone? Is that in itself an issue? Yes, the State Highway 25A between Thames, between Kaupu and Hikawai, is still being reconstructed. Uh, Wakotahi are doing a fantastic job, great comms, and they're pressing hard to get it finished just after Christmas. Uh, the, the latest weather situation, El Nina, we're in for a long dry spell. That ha- helps the recovery enormously. So we're not getting some of the Auckland and Hamiltonian uh, day trippers that we normally would. But the bigger issue is the overseas tourists. And when they see that the cove is closed, they are planning trips that do not include the Coromandel Peninsula. And that is a major problem for us. So what are your concerns about Doc's approach to this, given it has health and safety obligations, and I know where they sit and and, and how their uh, um, reach will be a, a significant part possibly of our discussion. But what are your concerns about how Doc is approaching this particular issue? Well, well, there are a number of concerns. The first is the total lack of consultation with local communities. We have waited months and months for updates. We are finally, in the last month, getting an electronic newsletter which basically says nothing. Uh, apart from the Tonkin-Taylor report, which is a geotech survey, uh, and shutting off and putting great big ugly steel mesh barriers and signs up, nothing has been done to address this. Now, the track itself is, in my estimation, about 25, sorry, 95% unscathed. The other 5% has been damaged with two landslips, which can one can be detoured and the steps at the bottom of the track can be repaired fairly easily. Now, that is a short-term solution, but that can be put in place in a relatively short period of time and at a relatively low cost. Now, DOC have also ignored the fact that local communities have done the bulk of pest control, weed control, rubbish removal. We provide all the rescue services through our St. John's Ambulance and our fire service, all volunteers. But they won't speak to us and they won't seek our advice. And we know from our own personal and local experience that the track is repairable and it should be functioning at quite a high level to enable the economy to recover, not just in my local uh, area, 
but for the whole of the peninsula. So that Tonkin Taylor engineering report that you've seen, do you believe within it there is a temporary fix or does it rule out a temporary fix? No, I think it's a good report. Uh, Tonkin Taylor are clear that there are some uh, quick and relatively cheap fixes in the short term. They also talk about managing and mitigating risk. Now, we all know that landslips and landslides are caused by heavy rain and water. They give DOC the option of closing the track after a heavy rain event. But they also say that, by their estimation, their risk calculations are medium to high. Their tolerance for risk is suggested as medium to high. DOC have ignored that advice and they've gone to a low-risk model or no-risk model, in my view, now, if they applied that matrix, that risk matrix, over their other uh, tracks they manage throughout the whole country, most of them would be closed tomorrow. It's just, it, it's a walking track in a relatively benign environment. It's hugely important to the local community, has huge social and economic impacts, but they are ignoring our advice. They won't sit down with us. In fact, we've only just, after eight months, secured a meeting with senior members of DOC okay. to give our views let's and talk, consult with us. Let's talk about what happens were there to be a landslip and uh, because this is where DOC will be coming from and I agree with you. Somewhere or rather, as a society, we have to agree about where risk sits on our outdoor estate or no one will be going anywhere. But in this specific situation where there has been an event, where there has been an impact, the counterfactual of what would happen if a landslip happened and an international tourist was was hurt or killed. How do you come at that possibility? Because I'm pretty sure I know how Doc might come at it, but how do you come at that possibility? Well, first of all, you, you take the advice of your engineers, and they're saying that unless there's very heavy rain, the risk of a, a rock fall or a landslide is negligible. Um, Doc have opened the beach. Uh, the risk of rockfall by the Tompkins Taylor report is actually greater than the risk of a landslide. So in the event of heavy rain, they just close the track. Secondly, they need to put up signs and treat visitors like adults and grown-ups and say, you enter this at your own risk and you take sensible precautions. I mean, there should be signs which indicate you need to take some headgear, some sun cream, some water and have sensible footwear. Uh, and then if there is an extreme weather event, you close the track, you get it checked, and then you reopen it again. Uh, and that, I think, is quite a simple and elegant solution. There will always be landslips uh, and and so forth in that area. That The land is prone to that, but they have to work around that. They have done so successfully. They've spent huge sums of money building an asphalt track to the cove itself um, and the lookouts and so on and so forth. Uh, but all that is just going uh, to hell in a, Look, in a handcuff. I've also um, seen warnings of Doc saying, don't stand under the arch. Now, what are the odds of, what did you say, 300,000 visitors coming and all of them abiding by that? The first thing they're going to do is stand under the arch. Is the arch itself an issue? Yes, it is. I mean, um, the arch itself, the rock falls that have, re- I mean, they've been happening some time in Memorial, but the recent rock fall is from the very peak of the arch. And that has happened because there's a lot of water has come down from above the arch, which is where the old pass site was. Now, you can mitigate that again by either putting a warning sign up, getting people to walk uh, alongside the side of the cavern, not through the centre, 
and warning people that it is a danger and you can access it in a number of other ways. And one is by sea. What is happening by sea? How many people are coming in that way? And uh, are there well, issues with that? Yes, there are. I mean, DOC, DOC have uh, opened up access by sea. Uh, th- th- they allow one uh, commercial operator to run a taxi, a water taxi service between Hahe and Cathedral Cove. Provides a great service, but his passengers are only allowed to spend one hour on the beach. The toilets have been closed. Now, in the meantime, the kayakers are allowed to go in there. The toilets are closed. Where are people going to go to the toilet? Now, when I, I paddled there last weekend, landed on the beach, uh, there were about 30 people there. In the space of 15 minutes, three individuals went to use those toilets. The toilet was closed. It's being dismantled. So they went into the bushes on the edge of the beach. And that's not acceptable. Stay with us. It's a huge public place. Stay Mm. with us, Ray. Thank you. Ray Van Bainen. Tenika Moons is the, or Moons it might be, forgive me, is the DOC Regional Director for the Hauraki Waikato Taranaki Region. Tenakwe, and thank you for your time, Tenika. Catherine, thank you very much for having us along. So the premise, I suppose, that's being put forward here is that DOC is being overly cautious with the management of the Cathedral Cove closure. How do you respond to that? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for your question, Catherine. I just wanted to start by um, really acknowledging that we totally empathise with the community and the needs and the views that uh, people like Ray have just raised um, with our listeners. We know the joy that uh, places like Cathedral Cove bring for um, visitors and for the people that live in that place. Um, We really believe that we've taken a strong and pragmatic an immediate solution um, to put some things in place to give certainty for this upcoming summer and we've been working really strongly with marine operators on uh, working within those alternative settings at the moment. Um, so just going back to your question, we absolutely understand that um, this is not the ideal solution for everybody. We're about taking the right steps to move forward to keep our communities safe, um, to understand the reputation that um, potential serious injury or death may put on New Zealand's um, international reputation. Um, and we need to also really consider the type of visitor that comes to these locations, which are not uh, the normal people that would come into the outdoors. We know that we quite often see people there in their platforms or high heels, long flowing dresses, jandals or or their togs and bathing suits. And we need to keep these people safe in a landscape that is continuing to move. Yes. The question is whether you are putting so high a safety bar on this relative to other experiences people have in the Docker State. We could get to the point where no one went anywhere in the Docker State because people will die. They will die up mountains, they will fall down tracks, things will happen. That is part of um, the collective experience of going into the great outdoors. Now, what is the risk matrix or the risk level that you are applying to people going to this particular tourist attraction? Absolutely. Um, So the risk matrix that we use is based on the information that we've had from Tompkin and Taylor on their engineer's report. And then we also take that uh, peer reviewer inside the department along with our understanding of what the visitor type or the predominant type of person is that goes to that that site. 
Um, and we know that people that um, visit Cathedral Cove um, do so with very little outdoor experience. So with that in mind, it means that we provide a higher level of safety than we would so, so, so what, um, such as the backcountry. What, what, what level of safety? I mean, do you need to be able to walk there in your heels, for goodness sake? <laughs> I mean, what, where are you drawing the line there? What is the risk to someone who is not an experienced outdoors person. What What is it about the access now that is that dangerous? Perfect. So um, the access, if we look across the site, we've got a 3.8 kilometres of track, and along that track there is 180 historical and recent landslides that have happened. Um, so it's that that level of knowing that the landslide has slipped, or the land has slipped in the past, um, that it is continuing to slip. Um, this week, or actually our norm for, for how we normally operate in that place, we know that every one to two years there can be a rockfall inside the arch. What we've experienced in the last three months is a rockfall that's been reasonably significant every month for the last three months. So this is rockfall, anything the size of a kayak to um, the size of multiple rugby balls. So, so what's confusing down. me, Tinika, is how that is any different from someone with a sturdy pair of you know outdoor walking shoes who doesn't mind scrambling over a track and a tourist. Mm. How is the risk different? Yeah, so the, ris- the risk is different because we know that people that um, visit our backcountry locations have have knowledge about um, how to navigate in those types of environments. And the people that are more at the tourist end of our spectrum that visit places like Cathedral Cove don't have that innate ability about how to navigate through those different types <sighs> of landscapes. Well, frankly, so, who pays so- for the Dock Estate, by the way, Tinika? <laughs> You know? Yeah, we, we all we all pay contributions to there. Right. I think maybe so, a, a so really my next question way. is: Are there ways to make it safe, including you cannot go under the arch? Is there a way to just put up a, a, a not a you know a physical fence, but put a spot that yeah. clearly marks: Do not go beyond here. Do not go under the arch. Yes, so so signage is something that the team have been really mindful of for many years and is one of the key ways of um, us managing that location. The alternative that we've been working on just now with um, all of the marine operators is about experiencing Cathedral Cove from a different perspective and that's the Visit via Sea campaign which um, Destination Hauraki are amazing at um, really pushing. Is that going to match 300,000 visitors a year as it was pre-COVID? Yeah, so that, that's been our immediate response. Um, we're now starting to move into our second stage, which is about the short-term solutions, where we are now looking at knowing the time frame of State Highway 25 and the aims to open that um, in the later part of summer. We're ideally also looking at, well, what are the alternative options around that area that can still help provide an amazing experience um, for, for visitors? So you are not committing to having it open again for late summer? No, we've, we've said all along that we're okay. not going to be open this, for this summer. Can, can I come back to the peer review that happened inside DOC? Mm-hmm. Did Tonkin and Taylor say that this should be closed to tourists based on this information? Or did Tonkin and Taylor have a higher risk threshold in its analysis than your peer reviewer did? No, they've had the same um, level of um, caution with this. Who, who um, so brought up been... the issue of the international tourists not being so savvy? Oh, so so that's our ongoing work that we have inside the department right. where we just know the type of visitors that go to our different locations. Does Tonkin and Taylor suggest some short-term mediation that could allow it to be open? We've heard from Ray that, in his view, it does. 
Um, not in the short term. They have indicated that there is potential to look at a different reroute of the of the track, and they've put some cautions or some awareness for us in there around um, that should be considered that it would be highly complex engineering solutions. There would be high costs, and there's no uh, indication that it would be sustainable. And what we do know that this location does suffer from lots of storms and lots of weather events. Um, we want to make sure that anything that is rebuilt there or in other locations is actually gives a really good consistency for um, the community and for businesses to continue to live off rather than going through these roller coasters of just not having the infrastructure there for what's needed. Have your lawyers been across this as well? Um, we've had some bits of legal advice just to inform our decisions. You see, the suspicion is that the department, and let's acknowledge You've had so many assets affected by recent weather events. But the suspicion is that the department is becoming increasingly conservative in its risk tolerance. And that is happening without a conversation with the very communities who want to access this. Yeah, so so I think the thing that just keeps coming back into my heart when I really think about this is um, we know we have those rock falls. Any of those examples that we've had in the last three months, if we had had a family of people having their picnic under the arch, which is something we know they do, at the time that those rocks fell, and they have fallen at times that we know is a peak time for visitation, um, there would have been significant yeah. injury or death. And that, that's really when it comes well, to it. Well, that, that is where a bit of personal responsibility, where the sign says rock fall risk, do not go yeah. under the arch... That's where a bit of personal responsibility has to be part of the equation, Tina. Absolutely. I could not agree with you more. And that's really what a lot of our messaging has been. Is So while the track is closed, there's ability to access the Cathedral Cove, but people need to do that with yep. their own risk. Some, are, some are accessing it by the track, by the way. You know that. Your, your colleagues have pointed that out. Yeah, we have. Yep, And some of our staff find that really challenging. So if there is no short-term fix that DOC is prepared to take... How long till this alternative and significant engineering solution happens? Is it even on the books? Can you give people listening today any idea of the plan forward? Um, so we haven't got a time frame for that. We are working with Tompkin and Taylor at the moment to understand when they would normally reassess a piece of land that is this volatile to give us another piece of information. Um, what we are working on right now is what those alternatives will be, um, hopefully to be able to lead into summer. And our engagement, we're absolutely committed to that. And we heard from Mr Van Baden earlier that we are reaching out to uh, community groups such as himself to really test some of these robust ideas. Um, and come up with those options. Okay. With just just finally, will you reinstate the toilets over summer, even if the track is closed, if you've got people going in by boat? No, so the, the toilets themselves were um, massively compromised by a lot of the weather events. Um, and also, Can we put a couple of portaloos uh, up then? When people get off a boat, sorry to be frank, but sometimes they need to go. Uh, So can we get some portalies in there at least? I can see see your practicalities. A lot of our risk management uh, for the summer is really about the amount of time that people are in those locations. Less time means they're exposed to less risk. So we really have been working with the operators and they're telling us that they're um, really enjoying working in the space to set up for something different. And they are actually putting... um, some of the constraints around how they will deal with their people and so the the idea of having just an hour on the beach we are hopeful that most people you deny them a toilet like their children you deny them a toilet because they might stay too long that's what i'm hearing 
So it's it's all part of risk management. The less amount of time that we can keep people or that people would be on the oh, beach, the yes. less they are exposed to risk. All right. Nyamihi Nui, I really do appreciate, Tinaka, I really do appreciate your time. Um, Ray, very, very quickly back to you. There is a high level of risk management expressed here and a little chance I hear of... Of, of moving on that and is that something that businesses will just have to accept now and whether you up the advertising around boat access or or whatever else it doesn't sound like you're getting that track open for quite some time uh, no we don't accept that i mean we're supported by the mayor council members the local member of parliament community groups business associations and the waikato chamber of commerce Uh, Our next step will be, uh, and we're considering our legal options because of the massive financial impact this wrong-headed decision has been made. Um, The mayor is talking about taking a delegation to Wellington as soon as the new Minister of Conservation is in place so that this can be properly addressed and that we can sort this out because they are allowing people onto the beach, they're exposing them to risk, no toilets, and yet they're saying you can't walk the track, which is more safe and it just does not make sense. It's clear the level of safety between the, the two parties that you represent is some distance apart, um, but at least hopefully um, a communication might might improve. Ron, thank you very much, and thanks also to Tenika Mearns, uh, Mearns excuse me, from the Department of Conservation for her time too. Ray is from the Mercury Bay Business Association.